0: Inside Sources. Inside, Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper
1: insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, over the past week or so, we've watched the Chinese spy balloon, other objects being moved across and shot down. We've heard from the Secretary of Defense, we've heard from the Press Secretary, we've heard from Brigadier General Pat Ryder, we've heard from John Kirby, uh, whose strategic communication title is really a mouthful in and of itself. Uh, We've heard from just about everybody, except for the Commander-in-Chief, President Biden. Is there a purpose behind the silence, or is the silence making us look weak and creating confusion? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Think again. Well, as you know, we always want to look at the strategic communication component to all of this. There's the politics of it, there's the policy of it, and then there's the communication strategy around it. And we're really grateful to have back on the program Dana Perino. Most of you recognize Dana as the co-anchor of America's Newsroom on Fox News. Of course, she was the former White House press secretary for President George W. Bush. And I also just want to point out today, she's also the author of Everything Will Be Okay: Life Lessons for Young Women, uh, and for former young women and as we have the reports out from the CDC talking about our young women uh Dana's book that we've talked about in the past is one every young woman should get and uh Dana we appreciate your efforts on that front and we appreciate you joining us again today.
2: Wow, well, thank you. I had a, you know that's a very generous of you to say and um you know ultimately things are okay right if you're a faithful person that is yeah. true and I but I do uh have a lot of worries for where our young women are today. Yeah. Um, uh, we're, we're fa- we feel like it feels like we're failing on a lot of fronts in the country. Um, we had the report on the education numbers. Uh, the testing scores are just abysmal in many of our big cities and uh, possibly in the rural areas as well. They don't yeah. test as often. And, um, you know, we've got big challenges ahead. Um, thankfully, we are American, and our country is great and exceptional. And we, at least if we diagnose a problem, if we know what the problem is, then we have a choice and we can we can start to solve it. And I hope that we can come together and do that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's shift now to, to things in the sky and things falling out of the sky. Uh, and I want to look at this. Uh, you know what it's like to be in the White House, to be in the Oval Office with a president in the middle of a crisis or a challenge. And then there's there's all of the elements, the policy, there's the, the problem or the crisis itself. And then you have this communication strategy component. And so as it relates to the the Chinese spy balloon and the other objects, uh, tell us what might be going on, uh, in the Oval Office or with the communications team, uh, anything that would justify this kind of length of silence in the midst of something <laughs> that everybody is talking about.
2: I mean, I wish I could figure it out. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me there's, they do things in a very different way. Um, I guess I think that it works for them. I'm just puzzled because they want to talk about certain things, like for example, He wants to come out and talk about the jobs numbers, and great, I understand that. That was a big number a week and a half ago. But the inflation number comes out today, and it's not very good, and he doesn't say anything. Then they don't say anything about the balloons, especially the big one from China that went all across our country. And he said, well, I told them to shoot it down. And DOD said, no, it's okay. And then they shoot it down over the Atlantic, and now it seems like they want credit for the things they've decisively shot down – but they want to downplay the spy balloon they let traverse across the entire country, and they spent almost almost two million dollars shooting down these things, which turns out might not be anything. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of waste of taxpayer dollars.
1: Yeah, especially when we're talking about a lot of spending uh, issues going on. Uh, I think every one of those missile shots are about a half a million. Uh, yeah, four hundred thousand dollars. Crazy. Uh, I, I want to talk, before we go back into some strategy pieces, could be, just because you mentioned the economic numbers, uh, it does seem one of the strategies from a communication standpoint from this White House uh, has been kind of redefining things. So on today's inflation numbers, uh, we had Jeff Cox on from uh, CNBC, and he's always great at breaking it down. And he said, now they've introduced this new thing called the super core inflation, which not only takes out uh, housing or it takes out housing plus uh, fuel plus groceries. It's like, like are we going to take everything out so that inflation is zero because right. there's nothing in it? And it, it seems like that redefining of terms has been a communication strategy uh, for President Biden and I his I feel team.
2: like it's a Twitter strategy, mm. right? So it's a, it's a strategy for the media. So if they think, if they can get the media to start saying super core, Right. Then they think it will translate to people that are actually just everyday working people, small business owners, moms trying to figure out how to get kids at school and kids fed and kids at sports, and dads who are trying to figure out how they can both work and coach Little League. And it's just – everyone's got a lot going on. Nobody has time to figure out what the semantics are from the White House. Yeah. But Merriam-Webster's dictionary is not going to change – the definition of inflation. And a lot of this is about feel. Mm, So in the polls, they're asking, do you feel like you're in a better position than you were two years ago? And the decisive answer for the great majority of people is no. And so I think one of the things from a communication standpoint is the White House continues to talk at and around voters Mm. rather than with them.
0: I'm Dave Cauley. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.
1: Mm, That's such an important component, too, because I do think that was the... I think especially in the State of the Union address, I uh, would love your perspective on that. It seems like the president wanted to tout all these things, but they were just so not congruent with what Americans were living around the kitchen table. Yeah. That, to me, that seems I mean, so you know, credibility. Oh.
2: The bar was very low for him for in terms of is this a good speech? Bar is low. OK, he, he clears the bar. And actually, Peggy Noonan of The Wall Street Journal said decent speech. Um, but it's one of those speeches that melts on contact. Yeah. Like the next day you think, huh. I don't remember anything from that speech except for junk fees, which might matter to a lot of people.
1: I don't think for many who are sitting around the kitchen table, I don't think they woke up. We're
2: more worried about (laughs) eggs than the resort fee because we can't afford a vacation, Mr. (laughs) President.
1: Uh, So so walk us through this data. Uh, Let's let's go to the like the real big issues when you were in the White House uh, and trying to help craft communication strategy in in tough moments. What does that conversation sound like? Where do you start that conversation?
2: Well, it's hard for me to compare to these folks because I don't know what it's like inside the White House. So I yeah. do think that I don't think the communicators have a lot of access, direct access to the president. Mm. Um, and, that, and that was certainly true during COVID. Right. Like, do I think that John Kirby was able to sit with the president today and really get his thoughts about the balloon before he went out there? I don't no. Yeah. I truly don't. Um, and so my president I worked for, George W. Bush, he was very well attuned to needing to communicate regularly with the American people, not at them or or speaking to them, right, but but with them. And for us in particular, it was about the war on terror. And he was well aware that he was going to have to spend a significant amount of time talking with people about how this is a generational war. And it wasn't something like we were going to have a victory in europe day parade like we did in um in 1945 that that it was going to be a longer process and in fact if you think about it think about how many state of the unions now have we've gone through and and nobody's had to mention iraq and nobody's had to mention radical islamic terrorism it's pretty impressive what the american people have done and we committed as a country to invest and it paid off now we have to keep at it the enemy is still wanting to strike. And they're very patient, right? Just when we think we're in the clear and we're focused maybe on Russia or, or, or China, you might have a problem in the Middle East. But things are a little bit better there. And we can make things better. And I think that this bipartisan committee that Mike Gallagher, from the congressman from Wisconsin, is heading up yes. with his California Democrat counterpart, the one on China, I think that is a very good sign uh, to help pull people together. They are serious people, mature people, And they're on the same page. And I think a lot of Americans are where they are. And they can talk with the American people, not at them. Yeah,
1: Uh, I think that's so important that that talking with versus talking at or talking around the issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think your former boss, uh, George W. Bush, was so good at that, Framing, framing the issue and being honest about it. And then creating a set of expectations, as you mentioned, Dana, saying, "Look, this is generational. This is this is not uh, done with a big victory parade in in three months or six months or right. a year." Uh, what else? What else could or should the uh, the White House be looking at uh, as it relates to to these issues, uh, in terms of maybe speaking a little differently, in terms of with, not at, <laughs> to the issue as opposed to around or redefining so, the issue.
2: I do think that the American people can handle ambiguity, right? So if the president of the United States needs to come to the podium and say, look, that first balloon, the Pentagon recommended we wait. They thought it wasn't going to be a problem. I trusted their judgment as commander-in-chief, and we took action as soon as it was over the Atlantic where it was safe, and we could still recover it, and we have recovered it. We're going to get more information. For these other three, I'm not sure what they are. And the Pentagon isn't either, and the intelligence community isn't either, but There was concern that these objects were going to interfere with civilian aircraft, and I can't have that. I can't have that as Commander-in-Chief. I have to do what's right to protect you. Now, we're going to do a lot more research. We're going to figure out a way to spend your dollars wisely, but I want to make sure that you're safe. As soon as we have more information about what those things were, I will get back to you. And I think if he came out and said something like that, people would be like, oh, okay, cool, great. He's managing the situation.
1: That's what leadership looks like and sounds like. And I wish you'd send that memo to the White House. <laughs> they don't listen to me. I don't know if they're taking your calls now, but uh, but they should.
2: <laughs> because, they don't listen to me. Uh,
1: well, that is exactly what leadership sounds like and looks like. What a communication strategy really is. So I hope you, you recognize that coming from Dana Perino. Uh, she gets it, and it's a set of principles. And you operate from a core uh, and then you can ha- you can talk about anything with the American people. It's how you do it. Yeah. And it's the way
2: OK. It. It's OK to say you don't know, but that you're on top of it. That's yeah. fine.
1: Yeah. The silence is what is uh, just brutal and creates all the conspiracy theories and all the fear and uncertainty.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, Dana Perino, we always appreciate you carving out time. I know how busy your days are. Uh, oh, but... It's
2: a pleasure to talk to you.
1: All right. Well, we will look forward to having you back again. Uh, Dana Perino, uh, always a, a great addition to our thinking. And it shows that great communication strategy always starts with great thinking and a set of core principles. Dana, thanks so much for joining us today. All
2: right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Uh, love talking to Dana Perino. She knows what it's like to be in the Oval Office in the middle of a challenging situation. And I think what she laid out there at the end is exactly what the White House should be doing. They don't have to have all the answers, and they don't have to give away all of the intelligence. But they do need to communicate with, not at, the American people. Set a framework in terms of where we are, some expectations about where we go next, and assure the American people that you got their back. That's what communication and leadership looks like and sounds like.